Let's open our Bibles, and we're going to go ahead and dismiss children's ministry at this time. Let's open our Bibles to Romans, the fourth chapter. We're uh, doing a, a, a series called The Faith of Abraham. And uh, by way of refreshing tonight in Romans, the fourth chapter and the twelfth verse, it says, And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had yet been uncircumcised. So we see here that Abraham, we could say, is the father of the faith movement. Amen? And then look over at Galatians chapter 3 and verse 6, and then verses 13 through 14, the book of Galatians, the third chapter. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted him for righteousness. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through what? Through faith. Verse 29, it says, And if you be Christ, or since you be Christ, if you're born again, then are you Abraham's seed, and you are an heir according to the promise. Think about it for a moment tonight. We have the same faith of Abraham. We have the same blessing of Abraham. And we have the same promise of Abraham. We have been given promises that are exceedingly great and precious. You and I are heirs of that promise. Amen. Now look at Isaiah 51 verse 1 and 2. He said over there in Isaiah 51, verse 1 and 2, Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness. Anybody here following after righteousness? I think a good definition of righteousness would be his way of being and doing right. Ye that seek the Lord, and uh, look unto the rock whence you were hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence you were digged, verse 2, And look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bare you, for I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. And so as we have said in previous sessions, we have said this, that we have been cut from the same rock as Abraham and Sarah. We're cut out of the same cloth. We are, if you will, a chip off the old block. We came out of that same faith vein that Abraham came out of. You and I, once we give our hearts to the Lord and we really start getting revelation knowledge, when we really start seeing who we are in Christ, when we really start understanding that we've been joined to the Lord, we're one spirit, we're new creations, we are accepted in the beloved, we are blessed coming in and blessed going out. When we really get a view of ourselves the way that our Father sees us, then we will begin to live and walk by and regulate our lives by this revelation, and we will walk by faith. I believe I'm looking at a congregation tonight that is a congregation of faith talkers, faith walkers, and faith overcomers. Amen. Say it with me. I'm a faith talker. I'm a faith walker. And I'm a faith overcomer. And don't be bugged by things that, you know, we that come our way that we have to come uh, come over. It's just part of living in this physical body. 
We are always going to be challenged. We're always going to be in these situations where the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you know what? We win. We win. Now look over at Genesis chapter 12 by way of review. Notice with me in verses 1 through 4. Now the Lord said unto Abram, in verse 1, Get thee out of thy country and thy kindred, and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. So we see that one of the steps that Abraham took was a step of faith. It was a step of obedience. He had to step out of his father's house, leave his family, and move in the will of God. And then God began to show him some things. And I will make thee a great nation. And I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I believe that one of the greatest things that you and I can be in this life is a blessing. In verse 3, and I will bless them that bless you, and curse him that curses you. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. You know, there's a reason that Abraham was called the father of faith. Simply because He acted on the word of the Lord and he departed. Abraham heard and he didn't hang around. Abraham acted quickly and departed quickly. He did exactly what God told him to do when he told him to do it. He did it immediately and he did it exactly. And isn't that a great, great pattern for us to follow? Aren't those wonderful steps for you and I to take? Absolutely. You see, Abraham never reasoned things out. He didn't try to figure things out. He didn't put off to the future what God was saying to him right now. Now, this is faith. And not only is it faith, but it is also faithfulness. I said in recent recent teachings, this statement, faith means... That he trusted God. And faithful means God trusted him. A trusting person is also a trustworthy person. Let's say that so we can get that in our hearts and our minds. A trusting person is also a trustworthy person. Now, with most people. And I fall into this category myself, so I'm not judging anybody. But with most people, when God tells them to do something, how many of you know there's always going to be the opportunity to doubt? There will be thoughts to what? Overcome. Now remember last Sunday we talked about thoughts and we talked about beliefs. If you can change your thinking, if you can change your speaking, aligned up with the Word of God, you can change your life. But there are going to be thoughts to overcome. Most people will want to reason things out and hesitate and let's just kind of talk about it for a little while. Now, we must overcome those tendencies to hesitate. We must overcome the realm of reasoning. When you know that you know that you know that the Father is in something, that He's instructing you to do something, please don't wait. Just throw all the what-ifs out. Throw all the things that do not contribute to your faith 
throw it out the door because it's not going to help you and it will not benefit you from walking by faith. Amen? See, there are some steps beyond initial steps that God has for you. But until you take the step, you will not know what those other steps are. And so it's vital then, no matter how big or how little, say to the Lord, "Ah, yes, Lord, I will do your will. And everybody said amen. Amen. Now notice in Genesis chapter 17, let's look at that. And I want to begin in verse 1 of Genesis 17. Genesis 17, 1 says, when Abraham was 90 years old and 9, 99, that the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am, who? I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Now, when he said, I am the Almighty God, what he was literally saying is, I am El Shaddai. I am Almighty God. I am the God who is more than, more than enough for you, Abram. Now, here's all you got to do, Abram, is walk before me. In other words, follow me, take the steps that I'm orchestrating in your life, and be thou perfect. And in verse 2, he says, and I will make my covenant between me and you. And I will multiply thee. How? Sounds like increase to me. And Abram fell on his face. I guess so. You run into El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty, you will fall on your face as well. And God talked with him. So we see this relationship between him and El Shaddai. He is called the friend of God. God trusted him. Now notice, he said, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, multiply the exceedingly. Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of what? Don't you know that Abraham couldn't figure that out in his head? But he didn't have to figure it out in his head. He just simply needed to believe it in his heart. And God will show you some things and speak some things to you about your life to where sometimes your mind will go tilt. Well, check your mind at the door and just believe in your heart. Amen. 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 Now, and at verse 5, he says, Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, But thy name shall be called Abraham, for a father of many nations I have made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations come out of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Wow. And I will establish my covenant between me and you, and thy seed, that's us, in their generations, that's where we're at today, for an everlasting covenant. You know what an everlasting covenant is, don't you? It's a covenant that's unending. Hallelujah. To be a God unto thee, but not only to be God Almighty to you, not only to be El Shaddai to you, but I'm going to be El Shaddai to thy seed after thee. 
I'm of the seed of Abraham. You're of the seed of Abraham. If you be Christ, you're Abraham's seed, and you're an heir according to the whoo, glory to God, the promise. So the same El Shaddai, the same God Almighty that was blessing Abraham is doing some awesome things in your life and in my life. Say it with me. He's Almighty God. He is El Shaddai. God that's more than enough. Wow. And I will establish my covenant, verse 7, between me and you. In thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto you and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for what kind of possession? Everlasting. An everlasting possession. The land that El Shaddai gave to him, no man should take away. Amen. And he said, here, it's an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. So he told him what he would do, but now he's telling Abram what he needs to do. Amen? And so that's the way it is in the Word of God and the promises of God. We see the Word of God. We understand what the Word says. But many of the promises of God and the blessings of God are conditional. Yeah. Verse 10. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. Now, they had no reference to what circumcision was. You know, he, Abraham, circumcision, okay, tell me what it is. And, uh, you know, we'll go ahead and do that. So, wow, I mean, a few moments ago, man, I got the land, I got El Shaddai, I'm on my face. Now, Abram, I want you to go circumcise some folks. You don't have to get so quiet. <laughs> Circumcision is a regular thing today. It just wasn't back then. All right? And you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, starting with you, and it shall be a token of the covenant between me and you. This was something that El Shaddai wanted him to do. Amen. Now, notice with me in verse 12. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man child in your generation, he that is born in the house or brought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed, he that is born in the house, and he that is brought with thy money must be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh. What kind of a, what kind of a covenant? Everlasting. An everlasting covenant. Interesting. And the uncircumcised man, child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul should be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. That's pretty plain, isn't it? 
And God said to Abraham, As for Sarah thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai anymore, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her, and I will give thee a son of her. And yes, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall come of her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. And said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? Remember, he's El Shaddai. He's the God who's more than enough. And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him. For what kind of a covenant? An everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. God told him to circumcise all the men of his house. Nobody's doing that. Was El Shaddai clear about this? Did Abraham go have a family meeting? It wouldn't have gone well if he would have asked, what's your opinion? Well, the answer would have been, we don't want that to happen. But he wasn't unclear. And he didn't ask for their opinions. Can you just see it? Guys, I believe I've heard from heaven. Oh, really? You've heard from heaven? Yeah, I believe I've, I've heard from heaven. And this is what I need to do. I need to circumcise you. What do you think? What do you think they're going to think? They're not going to like it. But Abraham didn't do that. Abraham obeyed. Verse 23. And Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all that were born in his house, and all that were brought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin. Now notice with me, this is a revelation right here. In the same What I want you to see is Abraham didn't fool around. He had a word and he obeyed in the same day. And my brothers and sisters, we'll get away from the circumcision in just a moment. But that is what real faith is. There was no indecision. There was no hesitation on Abraham's part. He carried out exactly what El Shaddai instructed him to do. He did not take a vote. Here's the statement. Real faith acts. Real faith obeys quickly. And real faith carries out the instructions of the Lord no matter how popular or unpopular it may be. Are you listening to me? There may be some things in our lives that El Shaddai instructs us to do. Certainly not circumcised people. But there may be some things he instructs us to do that is not comfortable to our flesh. 
Anybody ever had that experience before? It wasn't comfortable to your mind. It wasn't comfortable to your feelings. But we don't walk by feelings. We don't walk by reasonings. You and I walk by faith. Come on. And not by sight. Now in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13, I want you to notice this verse of scripture. Here is what you and I are all about. It says, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Amen. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I have believed and I have spoken. We, does that sound decisive? Does that sound like someone that's confused? No, he says, I believe, therefore I speak. And that's what we, we, the way we need to be about the Word of God. I believe it. That settles it for me, and I'm going to say it. I'm going to speak it, and I'm going to have it. Not sitting there reasoning, well, is this really what mean? Is God really saying this to my heart? Is really saying this to me? No, he said, we having the same spirit of faith. I believed. How many of you believe tonight? And therefore, I speak. In other words, we hear it, we believe it, and we do it. Now notice in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, here's something that will try to keep us out of obedience, and it is the spirit of fear. This is the reason why so many people are unsettled, why so many people are confused, and so many people are absolutely wavering. They're just tossed to and fro. It's because of fear. Now, I want you to read that verse with me and say it like you really believe it and like you really mean it. Say it with me. For God has not given me the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear keeps people out of the blessing. Listening to lies keeps people out of the blessing. Wavering keeps people out of the will of God. And by the way, I need to say this, wavering is not wisdom. Weighing out the options has nothing to do with wisdom. Looking at the pros and looking at the cons will give place to the devil. Do I do it or don't I do it? Should I go there or shouldn't I go there? Listen, walking by faith is hearing from God and it is being decisive decisive making a quality decision you know thank God you and I can be totally free from confusion we can be totally free from all fear the Bible says in Corinthians it says that God he is not the author of what He's not, God doesn't author confusion in our lives. 
The enemy brings the confusion. So if you are confused, know this and understand this, that the enemy is talking to you. And so what needs to take place then is we need to overcome the confusion by not accepting it, number one. And not verbalizing, oh, man, Reuben, I, I just don't know what to do. I'm so confused. You know what that does? That feeds the lie. I said that feeds the lie. And just as faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, fear also comes by hearing. But not by the word of God, but by listening and verbalizing the lies of the devil. And so this confusion needs to be dealt with in our lives. We must recognize that when there is confusion in our soul, that that is the enemy trying to bring disruption and trying to bring a lack of peace in our lives. Now, here's what you can do when you feel confused. How many of you know that feeling confused and buying into confusion are two separate things? You may feel fear, you may feel confusion... But you don't have to let fear in, and you don't have to let confusion in. So what we need to do then is retaliate confusion with the word of the Lord. Retaliate and come against fear with the word of the Lord. And so instead of saying, I'm so confused, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just so afraid I won't be able to hear from God. Instead of doing that, replace it with this. Thank God I've got a sound mind. You know, I have the mind of Christ. And you know something else? The wisdom of God is on the inside of me. And I believe that I receive his wisdom and I will make the right decision at the right time. I'm never confused because I always do those things that please my heavenly father. And let's just take it a step further. See, learn the language of redemption and start saying things like, thank God I'm full of peace. I got the peace of God that passes all understanding. I may not understand what's going on around me, but I'm full of peace. The Prince of Peace lives on the inside of me, and I am an overcomer in the name of Jesus. Now, isn't that better than buying into the lie of saying, I'm so confused? (laughs) Society is confused, the world is confused, but we're not confused. We're not of this world. We're living in this world, but we're not of this world. Hallelujah. I mean, let's be real about it. The world is crazy. They don't know, some of them, whether a man or whether a woman. They don't, they don't, they're confused. They're all messed up. It's devils. But you don't have devils. We've got the Holy Ghost. Greater is he that's in us. Then he is in the world. And you'll do yourself a favor not hanging around with confused people. Because if you hang around with confused people, guess what? Wrong associations corrupt good manners. 
If you hang with people that are talking how confused they are and they just don't know and they never have this, never have that, come on, saints. We need to disassociate from that doubt and that unbelief. Love them. But you know what? As for me and my house, I've got to protect my spirit. I've got to keep my mind filled with the Word of God. I've got to keep the Word of God in my mouth and in my heart. I can't, I, I'm sorry, I can't go there with that. I can't go there with you today. I'm just not going to go there. Had something happen the other day. And, uh, you know, the enemy will bring bait. And how many of you people have issues? I mean, major issues. And so the bait was out in front of me to take the care of a certain situation about a certain person. But I said, you know what? They need to work that out themselves. They need to grow up. He needs to man up. He needs to grow up. Case closed. I didn't take it. And you don't have to take it either. How do we get off on all that? Look at your neighbor. It's all so anyhow. Amen. No confusion here. Man. For God did not give us a spirit of fear. But of power and love and of a sound mind. I mean, we live in the Google generation. You can look up on Google and get millions of hits on one subject. That's enough to confuse anybody. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we can be free from being confused. We can be free from being weaklings. We don't have to yield to disobedience. We don't have to put things off. We don't have to procrastinate. We don't have to ask everybody's opinion. Now, I know that in the multitude of many counselors, there is safety. But you had better make sure that the counsel you get is godly and not ungodly. And I'll give you an illustration of this, what it looks like. I have a very close person in my life who um, battled bulimia. And battled alcoholism for many, many years. And battled some horrendous things that happened uh, to her while she was in college. She was raped. And so there was all of these different types of things going on in her soul. And the way that she drowned those things was through alcohol. You know. And through bulimia. And so... She got the victory over it for several years. But then, you've got to watch out for the but then. Because it doesn't matter how long you've been free. You've got to stand fast. Come on. In the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. And you have to set boundaries around your life. And make sure that you don't let anyone through those boundaries that will give you ungodly counsel. Or influence. So what happened is this person got around um, someone that was helping her with some counseling. And she was giving her some good tools to deal with different things. And then she told her, 
You know, I don't really think that your problem is alcohol. It wouldn't hurt you to have a beer. Wouldn't hurt you to, to ha- you know, drink socially. When you've already gone over the line and you're an alcoholic, there ain't no such an animal as having a glass of wine or a glass of beer. And so she yielded to that, started drinking, and got very bad and got worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where she would go to her room and drink all night and cry. That's the devil. That is the fruit of ungodly counsel. But I got good news. I said, I got good news. Things are turning around. I said, things are turning around. She's going to the right place, getting the right help, and she shall once again be alcohol-free, depression-free, anxiety-free. But she's going to have to do what we all must do is we must protect our spirit with all diligence. For out of it flow the issues of life. You can't even listen to some of the music you used to listen to. There are certain tones in rock and roll music that are as demonic as the day is long. Somebody said, well, yeah, but that, that makes me feel good. And it kind of brings me back. No, you don't want to go back. I said, you don't want to go back. Just because something feels good doesn't mean it is good. There's a lot of things that feel good, but ain't good. Amen? Boy, oh boy, how do we get Is it 840 already? I feel like I'm just getting started. Shoo! I'm going to pull a Mario Murillo on you. Who give me five more minutes? Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Yeah. Quickly, Romans chapter 4. This is worth, this is worth you settling in now. Because this will, this will be the crux of it, the icing on the cake, which will help you. In verse 17, of course, God said, I made you a father of many nations. He calls the things which be not as though they were. Abraham, who against all hope being gone, believed in a supernatural hope that he might become the father of many nations. And being not weak in faith, here it is, he considered not his own body, now dead when he was about 100 years old. He didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't stagger at the promise of God through belief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Now listen to this very carefully. Why did Abraham, what enabled him to stay clear? What enabled Abraham to stay focused? I'll tell you what it is. And if Abraham can do it, you can do it. Because we're cut out of the same rock. Here's what enabled Abraham to stay clear. He refused to consider anything other than what God said. And I've written in my notes tonight, don't consider what you shouldn't be 
considering. Every, everybody say, I will not consider what I should not be consider. So when we are walking by faith, ladies and gentlemen, there's only one thing to consider. There's only one thing. It's not hard. There's only one choice. If I go home on the way home and I stop at a restaurant because I'm hungry and I'll say, what's on the menu? Well, cornbread and beans. Is that it? Yep, that's it. That's not a hard decision. (laughs) Hey, ding, it's going to be cornbread and beans tonight. Only one thing. And so don't forget the one thing. The one thing is found in the Word of God. Anything else is not worth your time. It is not worth your energy. All it will do is bring you down. Say it with me. One choice. Have you ever experienced this? You get over in the spirit, man, it just things are so easy and you, you see things you've never been able to uh, see before and you, you've heard from God and you, you got some direction, but then time passes and you get into reasoning. You, you intended to do this, but one month later, you kind of stopped listening and didn't act on what God had said to you gotten confused and dissatisfied and started looking at all the variables and the factors, that'll rob you of your faith. That'll rob you of your peace. So don't let the enemy stop you. Don't let the enemy, through fears and feelings, disrupt what the Spirit of the Lord wants to do in you and through you. If you and I are going to be like Abraham... We got to get our motor running. And we got to run over fear. We got to get the motors running and head for that fear and just squash it. You know, Peter was walking on the water. He stepped out in faith by the words of Jesus. But fear came and made him consider the wind and the waves. Listen to this statement. Fear considers... But faith considers not. That's how we yield to fear. By considering the things that we shouldn't. Amen. Isn't it simple? And so you and I have been given the victory that overcomes the world. So I want to encourage you tonight. Just run over that confusion. Run over that fear. I mean, just come over the top of them. In this world, you and I are more than conquerors. And you and I are winners. Now, it sounds great in church. But what do you say we do it in the midnight hour? Amen? Amen. Praise God. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for the Holy Ghost who so wonderfully ministered to us during the time of prayer and worship. Thank you for ministering this word to us. Lord, help us to be just like Abraham, considering not those things which we should not consider. Oh, the devil's a liar. Thank you, Lord. I'm just not going there. I refuse to go there. That's your attitude. You don't have to go there. 
Stop it. And don't go there. Amen.